Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Generational curses. I think a lot of it stems from slavery. If you look at our history, we had to be strong, right? We could watch someone being whipped or hung and then have to go back into the field and work. We didn't have time to debrief and process and talk about our feelings, right? And so we just had to be strong and get back to work. How you did, how you did. That was the voice of Kim. Now, one of the things that goes unreported in the world today is how toxic workplaces can be for black women. The world has often had interest in policies when it comes to the identity of black women. And and Kim does a great job of highlighting just how this can be. Today's episode, Kim walks us through her personal story and how she found a way to establish the boundaries and now why she's making sure that toxic workspaces don't continue to be the norm for many black women all over the world. Now, some of you might not have this lived experience, but I do think it's important for you to be vigilant about this in order for you to understand how your awareness can lead to change. The fact is, we are all part of the world we create in and the environments we create in, and we have to move beyond just being those little band-aid pushers in in systemic issues and we have to make sure we're shaking the trees at their roots so that we can stamp out the systemic oppression that exists so i hope you enjoy this episode and send it out but also just check kim out herself follow her at her you know make sure that you support her in any way that you can happy black history month enjoy the episode Welcome, everyone, to another episode of As Told by Nomads, and today's guest is Kim Alley. Kim is a registered nurse and founder of Kim Alley Healthcare Consultant Firm. Kim works closely with healthcare facilities and nursing schools to emphasize the importance of health and wellness programs to prevent and manage burnout and increase performance. After working in numerous capacities in the States and abroad, Kim observed that healthcare professionals around the world share one common denominator— they all burned out. And unfortunately, most healthcare organizations don't provide a holistic and health awareness program to address the consequences of emotional, mental, and physical exhaustion. So we're going to be talking about the repercussions of employee burnouts. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Tao. Thank you for having me as a guest. Pleasure is mine. So pleasure is mine. I'm very interested in this because I run my firm and we work with a lot of people across the world who are trying to figure out how to be inclusive, 
how to fight for equity and how to make sure that, you know, anti-racism doesn't exist here. And all these things have an element of potential burnout <laughs> when, whenever I come into there. But, you know, I come across the same things you come across. You know, what is going to boost the morale? What's going to make sure people stay here and we, we have a high retention? So I'm very curious as to what led you down this path. Why did you decide to focus on this as a career path for yourself? Well, as a nurse, and if you have any nurses in the audience that are listening now, um, burnout pretty much comes with the territory in healthcare, right? Um, there's been articles and journals published on nurse burnout dating all the way back to the 70s. Mm -hmm. And so burnout is nothing new for me. I've been a nurse for 16 years, right? Yeah. So I've walked onto the unit and had to deal with 20 patients, um, <laughs> you know, but as a nurse, you just kind of, you know, suck it up. And this is what you were hired to do. But I experienced a new level of burnout, which actually I'm going to call it like it is PTSD when I transitioned to the corporate setting. So I had an opportunity to travel overseas mm -hmm. um, to a country called Qatar. It's in the Middle East, about 40 minutes from Dubai, plane ride. And um, really exciting opportunity to open up a women and children's hospital. Mm -hmm. And so I worked my butt off. I was at the organization for about three years working in a consulting role. So away from the bedside and worked my butt off, um, stayed late, worked weekends, responded to after hour emails just to prove that I could get the job done. And so um, applied for a promotion, was denied two times within a year for the same position. What? Yes, yes. The position went to um, someone who was, um, she wasn't black, but she wasn't Caucasian either. She was also uh, Middle Eastern. Um, but this young lady had uh, complaints about her performance. Um, she had less education and less experience than I did, right? And so it didn't make sense. And so, of course, I, you know, questioned the decision and I was isolated. People started to um, separate themselves from me. I was labeled a troublemaker. Um, I was removed from projects. Um, this new manager now took my work and used it as hers. And so that's not really an environment that you want to stay in, right? No. And so luckily I had an opportunity to leave that position and go work for a Fortune 500 company, which I was really excited about because I looked at this as my second chance, right? And so I did what they call went from the oven to the frying pan. <laughs> when I started this position, um, originally um, everyone was excited. You know, my God, we've heard so much about you. Um, welcome aboard. If you have any ideas, please share. So let me tell you a little bit about this new team. Um, I was the only Black woman on my team. Um, there were four Caucasian women, all of them in their 50s. Um, again, same situation. I had more education, um, not necessarily more experience, but I was really good at what I did. And so I was new to the team, but not new in my profession. And so um, started to make suggestions about things that I had noticed. And I, I went from being this young, bright, ambitious young lady 
Um, so the first uh, accusation was I was labeled insubordinate. Um, what happened was I was assigned a job coach and the job coach instructed me um, who to talk to in the office, um, where to sit. I was only allowed to sit next to her, no. um, basically treating me like a slave. Oh, my gosh. And so, of course, I was insubordinate. Oh, my <laughs> so gosh. Was, yeah. And so I was written up. Yeah. So tail, it gets better. It gets better. So I was written up, right? Yeah. Um, so first, insubordination. Um, second, I was accused of threatening um, Caucasian co-worker. Um, with a job coach, when you're on um, orientation, you are supposed to do one-to-ones, weekly one-to-ones. Um, she accused me of threatening her in one of our one-to-ones. And so, of course, it was her word against mine and everyone believed her. Um, so now I'm labeled aggressive, right? Um, but the straw that broke the camel's back and what was really damaging for me um, was the final act. Um, I went away on a business trip and I didn't have a Amex corporate card at the time. And so my job coach, the same one that accused me of threatening her, told me that I could use her Amex card for business expenses. So after I returned back from my business trip, she accused me of using her card without her permission, basically stealing. And to solidify my termination, they went all the way up to the regional vice president of the company and told him what happened. And I was terminated effective immediately. Um, I was escorted like a prisoner to another office. Um, all of my belongings were confiscated and I was let go. Um, no one investigated it. I wasn't um, there wasn't a formal hearing from HR, even though I had all the documentation stating that she gave me permission to use her card. And so let me give you some context behind the severity of this. Mind you, this isn't in the States. This isn't another country. Yeah. Right. A Muslim country. So I was stuck in the country. When you are terminated from your company, you have to pay off all your debt. So just imagine first being fired, <laughs> right? Um, and then having to pay off um, either your mortgage or your rent, all of your credit cards, your car notes, um, any debt that you owe has to be paid off. And so I even had a travel ban placed on me. Even if I wanted to leave the country, I couldn't. I would be stopped immediately at the airport if I tried to leave. And so I was terrified, genuinely concerned for my well-being because I didn't know if these women were vindictive enough to go to the authorities. And so for basically two weeks, I kind of just hit out. Right. Um, luckily, I had the money to pay off my debt. And then um, two weeks later, managed to safely um, leave the country. Now, mind you, all of this is happening. I didn't tell anyone. I didn't tell my friends or my family. I just told everyone I was laid off. Um, because I think I was traumatized from what happened, still trying to process, you know, how could this have happened? Why wasn't anyone there for me advocating for me? And I believe that everything they said about me was believable because I'm African-American. If I had been a Caucasian woman, there would have been some formal investigation to try to get to the bottom line of it. But because I was a black female and I was a threat, I was disposable. And, you know, my reputation, uh, possibility for working in the industry was 
potentially ruined because of these accusations. So anyway, made it safely back into the States. And then two weeks later after I arrived, um, my niece passed away. And I think for me, that was the straw. You know, as Black women, we, you know, try to pretend that we're strong and that we can take on the world and that nothing bothers us. But that's not true. We are human. And so two days after my niece passed away, was lying in bed and had a heart attack. Whoa. And it was, yeah, it was from the stress. It was from the stress. Within a span of a month, I was fired, um, had to separate from my support system, right? Because I had been in Qatar for five years. That was all I knew. Um, financial constraints, unemployment, death. Um, you know, those are traumatic events that happen within a short amount of time. And holding it in and not telling anyone took a toll on me, not only mentally, but physically. And that's what happens, right? And so the pain was excruciating. I thought I was going to die. And so at that point, I knew that, all right, Kim, you're not okay. Like, you can't keep walking around trying to support your family and acting like everything is fine, and it's not. And so I broke down, looked up some therapy therapists, and went to a therapy session. And unfortunately, it just wasn't a match mm. um, with the therapist that I had selected. And I knew I needed to take action quick because I couldn't afford to have a nervous breakdown because I wasn't working. I didn't have insurance. So I've always been fascinated with resiliency, right? What is it that makes some people stronger and wiser? And why is it that some people can bounce back from trauma and even come back stronger, right? So started doing some research. And so that's when I became a mental health coach and a behavior change specialist. And Tao, I promise you, within weeks, I started to see a change in my life. And it's all because of how I was reframing what was happening and what had happened, right? I started to acknowledge and accept what had happened recently and, you know, to understand that it wasn't my fault. Um, and the reason why I say that is I will get to that a little bit further. Um, but a lot of times when we are victims of microaggression or um, systemic racism, uh, we tend to blame it on ourselves. Um, and so I had to recognize that what happened wasn't my fault. It's not a reflection of my character and that I can do better. You know, I can be the change that I want to see in organizations. And so I started helping nurses who were going through similar situations and they started to see a change in their lives. And then next thing you know, the pandemic hit, right? And so all you hear is healthcare burnout and started helping organizations um, with the healthcare professionals working on the front line. Um, so it was rewarding, but I still felt like something was missing, right? Um, when I started my business, I was, wasn't really transparent about why I got into this. I always kept it very vague and, you know, talking about burnout, um, but never addressed the root cause of my burnout. Um, so about a year ago, um, yeah, it's about a year ago. It was around when George Floyd um, was murdered. Um, I had the opportunity to share my story with a small media company. And I was terrified because I knew once I let this out, this could 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Doing chances for me to work with certain companies, um, you know, this could potentially damage my business. Am I willing to take that risk? And when George Floyd's murder happened, I knew I needed to do this because when he was killed, I think I cried for maybe two days straight. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I knew that the only way for me to heal 100 percent is to share my story. And so I finally, you know, posted my story on social media and it went viral. Tao, I got maybe hundreds of messages from other um, minorities saying, oh, my God, me too. Like your story resonates with me. Something similar um, happened to me at my job. And I got stories from people who are still on antidepressant medications because of what's happening in the workplace. Um, People who attempted suicide. Uh, people who have lost their homes because they were fired from their job and couldn't afford to pay the mortgage. And at that point, I knew that, you know, this is what I need to do as uncomfortable, you know, as it may feel. And although it may limit some opportunities for me, this is what I was destined to do. And so with all that being said, um, just co-authored a book with 12 other courageous women. We are all sharing our stories um, about microaggression, systemic racism in the workplace. And so happy to say the book is now number one um, on Amazon in the new release category. Just wanted to stop by here before we get back to the episode. I wanted to let you all know that I do have a collective for people who are interested in developing their cultural competency skills, becoming more anti-racist. And it's a resource of things that you can do with your family, with your school, with yourself to work through your individual journey to become a better culturally competent leader. It's called UID Collective and the link is in the show notes, but it's a mix of courses. It's a mix of resources, things you can download. And all you need to do is sign up as a member. It's a monthly membership. I'd love for you to check it out. Use it with your friends, use it with your family, use it with yourself. Okay, the link is in the show notes. It's called UID Collective, and it's for those of you that want to improve your cultural competency skills. Back to the episode. Hey, congratulations! <laughs> and what what a story! And, and, and there's so much to unpack there. This is usually why I start the podcast this way. It, it, so I want to go back to the idea. I, I also want to make it clear to the audience that being in a different environment doesn't, you know, necessarily, you know, mean you're against the difference. It's just that you, when you, when you said you were in a Muslim country was, was foreign to you. Um, and so you didn't have any support system essentially, uh, because I'm, I'm assuming you don't identify as Muslim. 
Uh, actually, my family is Muslim, but I don't practice. Okay, so so yeah. you don't you, so you don't practice. So you were in a country where your family identifies as as, um, as Muslim, but you don't practice. So w- when you brought up the fact that it was a Muslim country, were you referring to the 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 rules or the laws there where it was different? It wasn't something that you felt like uh, the the laws. Yes, okay. the okay. legal system um, is totally different from the United States in Qatar. Okay, gotcha. Yes. That that's what I to draw. So then you're in that place where legal system is different, and you didn't feel necessarily protected after being fired that's correct okay uh, now when you're in that situation fired in a legal system that that is different f- from what you're used to and you are maybe even finding you're blaming yourself sort of <laughs> for some of the situations and then you come back home and you, you deal with loss and then you're dealing with your body breaking down you're dealing with burnout then there's the george floyd thing and all these things happening this what you described is what has been happening for generations. And we call this generational trauma in especially for black folks and, you know, people throughout centuries. What are the best ways to unlearn those strategies where we feel like being strong is keeping it inside? You know, you always have the strong black woman narrative where she's taking on all these things, but we don't even reframe it as no being strong is also advocating for yourself and having those boundaries and, saying no to that employer? How can we unlearn that? Well, you know, just to piggyback off of what you said, um, you know, generational um, curses, I think a lot of it stems from slavery. Mm -hmm. Um, If you look at our history, we had to be strong, right? Um, We could watch someone being whipped or hung and then have to go back into the field and work. We didn't have time to debrief and process and talk about our feelings, right? And so we just had to be strong and get back to work. Mm. And so we've passed those traits down um, each generation, each generation. And so in order for us to get past that, I think we start, we have to start acknowledging our feelings. And that's something that we don't do a lot in the community. Um, you know, we have this get over it mentality or, oh, well, that's life or let's pray it away. You know, God will handle it. Um, But in the interim, all of that stress and anxiety, it just builds and builds and our children see it. Right. And then our children adapt those same thoughts and behaviors. That's right. That's right. And so it's important for us to to model this behavior because, you know, I look at things that I do now. I was I always tell my mom, you know, I picked this up from you or my pops, I picked it up from you. And they're like, no, I didn't want you to pick that up. <laughs> but those things get, get mod, you know, modeled. But what I want to then double down on is we're in a pandemic. We're also experiencing what we call the great resignation, right? A lot of people are resigning because of experiences you, you described, right? So they had their turning point. They don't want to work in companies that doesn't affirm, that don't affirm their identities, whatever the lived experiences they have. So how can we, as uh, people fighting against toxic work uh, spaces, make sure that we, uh, you know, ensure that that doesn't become the norm anymore? What are the, what are the things that you discuss in your book that can empower Black women as they're advocating for their mental and physical health? Yeah, so one, again, acknowledge uh, what is happening, acknowledge mm-hmm. how you are feeling, you know, don't. When my let me tell you something, when I was going through my experience, there were a few people that knew what was happening. Right. Right. And the few people that knew weren't necessarily supportive. And these were other black people. Mm. 
So we have to support each other when we have a friend or colleague that is going through something, support them, listen to them, don't brush it off. Don't normalize this behavior and activity. This is not a normal work environment and it's impossible to show up and be your best selves. So I think, you know, having um, attending employee resource groups, if your organization has employee resource groups, um, those are great places to seek support. Um, if you have a supportive colleague or a supportive friend that will listen to you and hold space for you, um, definitely utilize them. Um, in terms from organization standpoint, um, talk to someone, talk to leadership. Now, a lot of people feel, or a lot of people uh, may be the victim of this behavior from their direct line manager, right? Yeah. So you have to be strategic when it's a direct line manager, but utilize HR, see what policies they have in place to protect you and document, document everything that is happening to you. Fair enough. That's good. And where can people find your book? Because you said you, you co-authored it with amazing uh, other amazing queens. So I'm, I'm sure they share their experiences as well. Yes. Um, so it is on Amazon, but however, it's on my website, www.kimali.com. If you purchase from the website, I'm able to autograph a copy for you. Ah, okay. I'll make sure, <laughs> I'll make sure I put that in the show notes. Uh, now, I, I, I love having guests like yourself on because the other aspect of what you shared in the beginning is that you found power in the pain you experienced. You found support from even sharing your story. And then it led down, it led you down the path to become the consultant that you are. There are many people that have been listening to this podcast throughout the years who are at that point where they've owned, you know, whatever experience they had, and they've turned that pain into a solution. You, as you're building your business, what are the pieces of advice you can offer other entrepreneurs who are developing consultant practices based on experiences they've had or painful moments they've had in their, in their past? What are those things that you can pass on in form of knowledge and tips? Uh, well, one, share your story, right? Your story is your brand. And when people know your story, it humanizes you. Um, it builds that connection and relatability to your audience. And it also gives you credibility because people can see, okay, wow, uh, he or she has been through the same thing that I'm going through. And they were able to persevere and take the trauma and adversity and turn it into an opportunity and help others. Um, it may be a little scary in the beginning mm. because no one really wants to relive trauma, right? Or talk about um, getting fired from a job. <laughs> um, but I tell you, this process and journey has been so healing and therapeutic, um, not only for me, but for others as well. Beautiful. Okay. What's the next step for you, Kim? <laughs> Well, you know, this book is opening up so many opportunities. If I had known a book can do this, I would have written it a long time ago. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you, as an author, it definitely does. Just because you're able to distill experiences in ways that people can translate to their lives, right? So that's what a good book would do. And so people can find themselves in, the, in those stories. And it sounds like you've done that, especially with it ranking so high so far. So Congrats to you on that. Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah. yeah so with that being said, um, you know, I think it's just the perfect timing. We have the great resignation going on. Um, we still have the pandemic. 
Um, the Omicron variant is causing a lot of organizations to postpone returning to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you also have a mental health um, epidemic going on. That's right. And so what I plan on doing moving forward in 2022 is working with more organizations um, to help support people of color um, with their mental health um, and to show the correlation between exclusion um, on mental health and physical ailments and how much it costs organizations not to address these issues. And you have the background too as a registered nurse, right? Exactly. (laughs) By the way, Kings, Queens of Royalty, anyone listening, you can see how you can use your experiences. Even if you were in a job where you you hated, you can translate skills. You transferred your skills, you know, registered nurse, and then you're doing healthcare consultant. Like, look at that. You, you, you turned <laughs> your experience into uh, something that that is definitely going to differentiate you, right? You and I were consultants, but the thing that you have to offer that I can't offer is the healthcare, benefit, you know, aspect of that. And maybe when you were in school, you might not have seen that as a job option because it wasn't listed. But no, what, what I yeah, what I hope people can take from your story is that you can create your own career by by looking at it, you know, through a lens of understanding the importance of who you are and why your story matters. Exactly. And we're starting to see that now. Um, people are resigning to start their own businesses, 100%. right? Because um, the skill you have in your workplace is transferable. You can do that um, consulting. You don't have to work for an organization and you'll make more money. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that too. There's that too. So, so companies can reach out to you through your website? Yes through my website. I'm also very active on LinkedIn as well. Okay. So LinkedIn website, and I'm looking at your website right now, you offer workplace health and wellness programs. You are available for speaking engagements and then you do one-on-ones as well. Yes. Okay. Okay. So if anyone is, is, is looking to have, you know, someone really come and work through a toxic workplace, you have Kim right here. And you want to make sure that you also get a book and you are able to find the power in your story. So I'll make sure I put all those things in the show notes so that we can amplify your voice as much as we can. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, last question though. Question I always ask my guests. <laughs> and it's my, my mission statement is use your difference to make a difference. So I, I always ask my guests this at the end. How do you, Kim, use your difference to make a difference? Mm, how do I use my difference to make a difference? I think my difference is the fact that um, I have international experience. Um, I love, actually love working in diverse settings, right? And you don't find a lot of African-Americans that have that background. And so I think that's my secret sauce or how I use my difference to make a difference. I'm able to relate in to diverse um, groups and settings by using my experience from living overseas. There you go. We'll make sure that we continue to share your story. And thank you so much, Kim, for coming on the show. This has been uh, really inspiring. <laughs> thank you, Taylor. It's been a pleasure. Pleasure's mine. Kings, queens, and royalty. Till next time, use a difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, Fresh. 